What I love about the body of Christ, as you were bringing up, is we all have gifts. We all have abilities. They're all unique. And can we get caught in those? Like with me, I can also be arrogant by saying, oh, I've been trained to do this, this, and this. Well, a pastor can do a lot of what I'm doing. I'll be honest with you. When I get called to give a sermon on Sunday morning, I'm going to give it, but I'm going to bring it the way I was wired to give it while bringing the truth to people. Welcome to the special Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio, featuring Pastor Daniel Fusco. Each week we share a conversation between Daniel and a special guest. You're unique. There's no one quite like you anywhere else. Today, Pastor Daniel and Jason Sautel talk about how God uses the things that are special about you to get his message of love, grace, and forgiveness out to the people around you. So even though you may be different or feel less qualified, you are needed. Now here's Pastor Daniel and Jason Sautel with the Friday edition of Jesus Is Real Radio. And so after that, I go to a few other things, and I got to give you just one more story about the grace coming out, was we we're doing CPR on a 90-year-old man, and it was my job to go tell his wife that her husband of seven, I think about that, Daniel, with our brides, how much we love them, 70 years with your bride, and then all of a sudden being told she's not with us anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Well, again, I was an atheist at the time, so I recognized that this family was a Christian, but when I went to go tell this wife that we had done everything we could do on her her beloved husband of 70 plus years, I said, you know what? You're, and right when I went to speak, she shut me down. She goes, my love is with Jesus, isn't he? Dude, I get a, my throat welts up. I'm getting tears in my eyes and a lump in my throat and tears in my eyes. And I just shook my head. Well, she had this big old King James Bible clutched in her arms and she puts it down and she comes over to me and here's this 90 plus year old woman. And I remember she still had a Southern accent and stuff. And she's like, child, it's okay. He's with Jesus. It's okay. She could recognize that I was in pain. So here is a Christian woman. Here's an atheist guy telling her that her loved one is 70 years is this. And what does she do? She still shows me compassion, sympathy, empathy, everything involved. After I just told her that her husband's dead, dude, again, mind blowing for this atheist. Okay. It was one. So as that time of my life was continuing on, I met a girl and Daniel, I have destroyed every relationship I've ever been in up to this point. And it's all me. Seriously, it was all me because I never let anyone in. So it wasn't like I was a profuse liar and it's not like it was some weird guy or whatever. But man, when when you're so used to being kicked down, beaten down, and being an outcast your whole life, I always tell people, I always felt closer to the homeless people in West Oakland than I did the firemen I worked with because I saw them as me. I saw them as these people who wanted in but couldn't be in type type of thing and stuff. And it always crushed me, even though I was, quote, on this side of the, the rescue mode and stuff of helping them, but I still felt like an outcast. But I met this girl, and dude, I'm telling you, When you talk about light shining out of someone based on their actions, being the salt, being just, you know, 
the Christ-likeness that we should all strive to bring to this world, she brought, dude. And I was like, whoa. And it was like all filters were now gone, dude. And you want to talk about a vulnerable place to be? I was there, man. And you're talking about your bride, Christy, aren't you? Yeah, Christy. I'm sorry. Yeah, my bride, <laughs> Christy. Yeah. Talking about my bride, Christy there. Yeah. Sorry. I was, I was in La La Land just thinking of her beauty right now as we speak. But, you know, dude, so I meet her. And things are going awesome, but she never once said anything about being a Christian right away. But I knew, you know, I could see the cross around her neck. I could see all that. Well, we go on a date and I'm telling you what, dude, everything you could think about in, in cartoons of like a tongue dropping out of someone's mouth or eyes coming out of their head about how they're just so flabbergasted of the beauty of the person from, I had that dude. And so we go on this date and it's the first time in my life I, I never just shut someone out. And she's like, what's your childhood like? I'm like, well, I was raised by an abusive dad and it sucked. And she just like, oh, wow. You know, she's staying that and I go, and then this happened, that happened. And her line, I'll never forget. She's like, you know what? She's like, I'm sorry that you had to go through all those things. But you know what I can see in you? I can see that God is going to use you one day and he's forming you for something so much better than where you are now. Dude, again, head explosion, <laughs> you know, come, coming out of her. Who says that on a first date when you're talking about your childhood of abuse, talking about being a West Oakland fireman, you know, all this other stuff. And, and it, it, she just started to, you know, make me want more, if you will. See, now I love this because you're you're over and over again sharing stories of how God uses people to yes. teach us who he is and to, so that he can reveal himself to us in a way that we can understand you know and 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 I I don't want anyone who's listening to this or watching this to not realize that that's one of the ways God wants to use each one of us you know but it, it really comes down to us being willing to be available and just one of the things I love so much about your story is I always like to tell people that you know the testimony of a child of God is a reminder that your past doesn't need to be your destiny. Just because you came from a place or you found yourself in a certain place doesn't mean that that has to be who you are forever, you know? And so I, you know, I, you know, I, I see you and, 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 and your story and having read the book and gotten to know you personally, like mm -hmm. outside of interviews and podcasts and different right. things. And, and, and now it's like your whole life because of, you know, a, a chaplain because of a woman who lost her husband, but who had her eyes on eternity because of your, your bride who, who's willing to see not just the pain that you're in, but the potential that God has placed in you and, and, and the giftings that God wants to use for his glory. Now you just fast forward all these years. And, and now it's like, you know, you're running. Jesus is all we need. It's a podcast. It's, it's a platform to encourage people in Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you're writing books, you're, you're speaking uh, right. and, and, and talking about Jesus to all these different groups of people and, and talk a little bit about how, you know, how you see your past now through the lens of the death and resurrection of Jesus. Yeah. Well, let me go a little further to kind of bring the depth to that also was after Christy and I had this talk, I went to a fire and I got trapped inside the fire and I was a faithless man at the time. And everything that I heard and everything that I felt about the gospel message honestly became true at that moment because I realized I didn't want to die hurting. I didn't want to die alone. I didn't want to die, you know, away from God. And all of a sudden I started getting clarity and, and my life started to change. And how I ended up hearing that gospel message, Daniel, was 
we had a call where a young girl was hit by a car and Christy calls the firehouse after we returned from there and says, Hey, I'm getting off of school tomorrow. Will you come have lunch with me? And so I meet her the next morning or next afternoon to have lunch at her college. And she goes, how is work? Well, that's a very, very dangerous question to ask people that's a firefighter or a cop or military, because we might drop an atom bomb on you. <laughs> you know, it might, whoa, what happened? Well, I wasn't even thinking because I felt so comfortable. I'm like, oh, you know, yesterday was tough. Young girl got hit and killed by a car and I held her as her mom got to say goodbye to her. And she's only six years old. And and it was really rough. And I look over and Christy's crying. And all I could think was, bro, here we go. I, I messed up another relationship. She's going to dump me. But she goes, well, at least that, that girl's with Jesus. Well, that's about the third or fourth time I've heard someone say they're, someone was with Jesus in a few-week period, right? And she goes, do you believe that? And again, it was so beautiful because I was honest with her. I said, I don't have an answer for you. I really don't. Because I didn't want to say I didn't believe anymore. But I didn't believe either. I, I was in this weird area. And she goes, I want to meet you later tonight. So that was it. We kind of go about our day. And that night, she sits down at this uh, coffee house with me and she's crying. I'm like, all right, she's going to dump me. So should I say something sassy to her first and just walk out? Because I don't like getting dumped. I'm going to dump her. Forget that, you know? <laughs> but I couldn't, man. The, the old Jason just wasn't there. And she put her hands on my hands. She's like, we've only been dating for a couple weeks, but I'm in love with you. Then she gave the but, <laughs> but I'm not going to continue to date you unless you come to church with me. She never once said I needed to be a Christian. She never once said I needed to do this, um, you know, put my faith in Christ. But I went to church with her. And after the fact, I asked her, I said, why'd you invite me to church without you explaining everything to me? And she's all, I couldn't explain everything to you. She's all, you're, you're like an eight alarm fire. You're a wreck here. I'm just a single fire agent. She's like, I needed the body of Christ around you. I knew that's why I needed to bring you to church. And I knew that there are people there that would make sense and explain it to you in a way you could see it and hear it, dude. And that is how I became a follower of Christ, man. And that is why when you ask about my past and, and where I'm at now, I like to tell that story because I love reaching back into my 28 years as an atheist. I'm what, 48 years old? I never remember my birthday. I think 48 years old. But I love looking back into my 28 years of walking in the darkness and being alone and, and getting my mindset there of how horrible it was. So when I now approach someone, I just approach them out of pure love. I'm not going to water down candy corn. Whatever the silly stuff people like to say about the gospel. The gospel is the gospel. That's where all life begins. And, and that's the only place that eternal life is found. And I like to say, all right, God, how am I now going to approach this person that is so hurt, so messed up, and, and just as lost as I was? And what I do is I approach them as that messed up Jason who is now saved. You know what I mean, dude? And it just... It's what I love to do now with the, the podcast, with, you know, my book. That's why I called it The Rescuer. One firefighter story of courage, darkness, and the relentless love that saved him. Well, first off, I'm not the rescuer. I'm the guy who needed the rescue in the book. Christ is the rescuer. The relentless love wasn't Christie's love. It's the love that she showed up with that saved me, dude. That's what saved me. And to be able to bring that to people around the world via a podcast or via book or Facebook, dude, I don't give two rips about numbers. I don't give two cares about if someone recognizes me or my book or how many cells are. What I care about is what it's doing 
is it getting into those hands? Are people hearing the message and is it blessing people? And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing now based upon who I was in the past, if that makes sense. It makes total sense. And let's talk about this because one of the things that, uh, that we got connected over is uh, you're a unique character and uh, I'm a unique character. And sometimes when you're a unique character, the people who maybe aren't as unique or maybe don't appreciate the uniqueness, Mm -hmm. uh, they can have a tendency to be a little bit um, undermining or uh, not (laughs) encouraging. We're being gracious here today, brother. (laughs) And just so we're clear, Daniel and I are as messed up as anyone else we're talking about. Okay. So uh, I, I (laughs) So, so, but like, but like really what you're talking about is by God's grace and by the work he's done in your life, you've allowed him no, he's done it, and you've surrendered to the fact that that your history is going to be part of the way God uses you going forward. Right. That because of where you've been, because of the ways that you've experienced life, because of the the brokenness of your upbringing and and the dark places you've been to, because God has comforted you, the, you're able to comfort others with the comfort that you've received. That's Second Corinthians chapter one. You know, and and you're allowing God to use you in a unique way. And so talk a little bit about that journey, because I'm always trying to encourage people that, you know, we're, we're, we're the body of Christ. And, and you had talked about how Christy knew that she couldn't be the one to, to help mm-hmm. you. It needed to be all the people of God with all the different gifts right. at, at work. Talk a little bit about that journey for you to, to not try and cookie cutter or shave off the, the more unique edges of who you are so that God could use you in the ways that he wants to use you. No, that may, that's a great question, Daniel. And to, to answer that, we're going to pick apart the fire department just a little bit, okay? Spending 22 years in the fire department has just given me a unique view on people and how so many times we respond to their brokenness in, in, a, in a broken way ourselves, even if we're saved or not saved. Well, what I love about the fire department is that let me see people at their most vulnerable, I mean, dude, when you watch someone taking their final breath, is their eternities being locked in? Man, that's that that gives a sense of urgency to preach the gospel, number one. But number two, doing it when you have family members shaking you, screaming and begging for you to save their loved one who'd just been shot at 2 a.m. Wow, it, it definitely gives a sense of urgency to why you want to preach it so people's lives can change. I'm not saying that, oh, the second you become a Christian, all of a sudden, why you become, you know, the perfect little boy scout and all that stuff, dude. If you were to look at the Jason of 20 years ago, you might be wondering, wow, was this guy really saved? Well, Christ just went to work in me. My DNA was changing. I was becoming new. He was, you know, there, there's a, I believe that Bible verse that he's not done with me. You know, the, the, Finished works will happen someday, but I'm still a work in progress. But a lot of times I'll approach maybe a pastor who I have just mad respect for. And and I'm not, just so we're clear, I'm not talking smack about anyone's, but like you said, there's some tough and in the legalistic crowds that are rough on me sometimes because they're like, well, are you really qualified to be what you're doing? I'm not just going to run that, you know, he calls the unqualified and all that. I'm not going to go there, but I go and I kind of shut him down lovingly. I said, imagine this pastor, if I told you, you had to spend 22 years responding to people's emergencies as an Oakland firefighter before you're allowed to be a pastor. That'd be the stupidest statement I could ever make. How lame does that sound? Well, now let's turn it around. Jason, 
you never finished high school. You got your GD, but you should have also gotten an associate's degree, then a bachelor's degree. Then you should have gotten a master's and then a doctorate. And then you're now qualified to do what you're doing. Well, in my ears, that sounds as stupid as could be because I didn't get called in that direction. And so if someone was called in that direction, I don't want to act like just because I have all these tens of thousands of stories that they don't have because they spent time in college. Well, they went the route that God, the path that God put them on. They followed that. So my goodness, kudos to you. Well, vice versa. I was, you know, left in the school of quote, hard knocks. You know, when people go, where do you go to, where'd you go to college? I'm like, man, I sat in the same jump seat every day on a fire engine for 22 years. That was my college class right there. And um, at at 8 a.m., we'd have a three-alarm structure fire. That was my first class. Then at 2 p.m., you know, we were uh, helping a homeless person who was detoxing. And then at uh, 4 p.m., come third period, we were cutting someone out of a car with the jaws of life as they're freaking out, thinking they're dying. And we're having to give them a loving, caring, tender voice, telling them that they're not going to die as we're cutting the metal around them that they're trapped in and stuff. And those are the classes I went to, dude. And those classes also have given me a unique, God put me on a unique path because of them. So should I be standing up at one of these old school seminaries teaching some Calvinistic theology? Probably not a very good idea, but vice versa. Those doctorates might not do very well at 2 a.m. in a homeless camp. I'll be honest with you. Well, they put me in a homeless camp at 2 a.m. Let's go. You put me in a living room where family have just lost their their child. Let's go. You put me on scene of a car accident where people are hurting. Let's go. You know, so what I love about the body of Christ, as you were bringing up, is we all have gifts. We all have abilities. They're all unique. And can we get caught in those? Like with me, I can also be arrogant by saying, oh, I've been trained to do this, this, and this. Well, a pastor can do a lot of what I'm doing. I'll be honest with you, when I get called to give a sermon on Sunday morning, I'm going to give it, but I'm going to bring it the way I was wired to give it while bringing the truth to people, kind of like how you do it. And that's why I get so bothered when people go off someone's looks or someone's the, they said, oh, they said dude up there. Well, you know what? Yeah, I said dude. Okay, I'm sorry. But I think I didn't say the Bible said dude. I was telling you a story at the time, you know? So um, yeah, to answer your question, dude, that's, that's what I... I love about the body of Christ and everyone's different way of coming to where they are now and, you know, motivating people to go out there and use it, man, go out there and spread the good news to a world that so desperately needs it right now in your unique way. And it's such a good word. And for everyone who's listening right now, I just want to remind you, Ephesians 2.10 says that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. And so, you know, the way that God wants to use you is going to be different than the way that God wants to use Jason Sautel or, or me or someone else. And there's another scripture that I was thinking about is that uh, the apostle Paul told the church in Corinth that they who judge themselves by themselves are not wise. And what that means is that God wants to use each person uniquely. And when we see God using somebody uniquely, we should celebrate that because God can reach different people and do different works through different people. And and we see that with the apostle Paul and the apostle Peter, where obviously uh, Peter was the apostle to the Jews and Paul was an apostle to the Gentiles. And Peter even writes, you know, Paul is inspired by the spirit. And some of the things he writes are hard to understand, but God's using them. And so we're going to rejoice in that. And so, and it's an important part of, 
of our journey is to first to, to trust the Lord with the journey he has us on and the way he wants to use us. Because listen, no matter where you are right now, God, I'm telling you, God wants to use you. Mm -hmm. God has done a work in your life so that he, you can be a tool in his tool belt as part of the work he wants to do to impact people. But don't try and model how God wants to use you against somebody else because God's doing a unique work in their life. Now, Jason, me and you could talk all day and we normally do, but, right. but we want to be able to bring this, 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 this conversation to a close. And so because we call this crazy happy, um, one of the things that always makes me happy because I'm Italian is uh, food makes me happy. Yes. It's, you know, food's a love language. And so, so, so here's a little quick hit. Uh, what is your favorite uh, guilty pleasure treat food that you like to eat? You know what? I like sushi, but not like the sashimi that's all healthy for you. I like it with all the sauces and baked up and all the different types of sushi. And anything salty, man, I'm in Mexican food. Growing up in Southern California, best Mexican food in the world. So the the fattier cuts of meat, the more the juicier and, and saltier and cholesterol-filled type of meats with sauces over it. I'm in, man. That's my that's my go-to. So okay, so salty food or sushi. So for me, and everybody who listens knows I'm a I'm a Twinkie fan. There's yeah. just something about right. that that Twinkies. If you read the books, there's mm -hmm. always got to be at least a Twinkie reference every right. two or three chapters, just because that's the way that it is. And and food makes it. And, and, and one more question: If people want to get the book, The Rescuer, they want to find Jason Saltel. They want to find Jesus is all we need. Where do people find the book, you, your podcast, all the stuff? Tell us. Oh, my gosh. God's just giving me more and more places every day, Daniel. It's getting really crazy right now. Hey, to you guys out there, before I answer this question, don't say no to God because he's going to heep more on to you. Okay? I want to be very clear with you. I've been saying no to him for years and look where I'm at. Okay? All right. So places where you can find my book is rescuerbook.com. It's a super simple website. It's rescuerbook.com. You can grab it off Amazon, get it out of any of the uh, local booksellers, have it too. To get a hold of me, you can go to jasonsotel.com. You can also check out my new podcast, Jesus is All We Need podcast with Jason Sotel, where I'm going to have some amazing guests. So you have the podcast. And then you can also visit my uh, Facebook page, which is Jesus is All We Need by Jason Sotel. And the handlebar there is uh, Gracefully Rescued. So if you just go to Facebook and type in Gracefully Rescued, you'll find me there. Well, Jason, it has been so much fun to, to chat with you. Love to Christy, love to your family. And I just, you know, Jason, as I said, like, I just love you. You're, you're one of my brothers and we're going to be talking about Jesus together with other people for a long, long time. So thanks oh. for being on the show, man. Thanks for having me on, Daniel. And, uh, you know, I just got to throw it out there. Your book, my goodness, my friends, go get this man's latest book. It's amazing. Okay. If you want to be crazy happy, snag a copy of uh, Daniel's book. It's awesome, man. Thanks so much. And so everybody, listen, for this episode of Crazy Happy, I just want to encourage you everywhere that you are today, I want you to sprinkle a little bit of Jesus's crazy happiness everywhere where you are we'll be dropping a new episode next week but connect on social media tell people about it rate the rate the podcast all the stuff and listen god wants you to be happy but god's plan for happiness is found in crazy places so don't miss it and god bless you all take care jesus is Each of us is a unique creation, and God wants to use those special things about you to reach others with his love and grace. Today, Pastor Daniel talked with Jason Sautel about how God did just that in his life. 
God used lots of different people in unique ways to get his attention. And God wants to use you too. Pastor Daniel reminded you to celebrate the different ways that God utilizes people to spread his love and grow his kingdom. If you'd like to listen to more from the Crazy Happy Podcast, you can visit JesusIsRealRadio.com or look for Pastor Daniel Fusco on your favorite podcast app. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll be notified each time a new edition is posted. And then be sure to join Pastor Daniel and journalist Billy Hallowell for more discussions and interviews that are relevant to your life today. Now back to Josh with a preview for next Friday's edition. Come back again next Friday when Pastor Daniel welcomes pastor and author Mark Clark to discuss how to answer people who are skeptical about Jesus and Christianity. They'll talk about some of the issues these skeptics may have and give you insight into how to respond to them. Mark will share that many people reject Jesus because of how his followers have messed up, not on the basis of his own claims or character. Well, that's all the time we have for on this special Friday edition of Jesus Is Real Radio. For more information, visit JesusIsRealRadio.com. Today's broadcast was produced from the Crazy Happy Podcast with Pastor Daniel Fusco. Be sure to subscribe to the Crazy Happy Podcast today. And be sure to join us again for another edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.